Some of you have asked how you can help us. While most of us would say, we want wine. <sighs> Italia Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs the moolah. You can donate through Patreon or GoFundMe by heading to italianwinepodcast.com. We would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Cece. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam, then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hi, everyone. Next Generation Podcast, me, Victoria Cece, going to dive into some super cool stuff today from lesser-known varieties specifically one variety from Emilia-Romagna called Spergola. And then we're going to have a groovy winemaker come on from Emilia-Romagna, specifically from a super groovy uh, natural wine producing winery, natural wine producing winery. (laughs) So I don't know how much y'all know about Spergola, but thankfully we have this book here to help us, Italian Wine Unplugged, which covers all different grapes, all their genetic traces and histories and whatnot that we love to hear. I love to hear because I like to nerd out about grapes. Let's get a little bit into this Spergola. It's home, their home in Emilia-Romagna. It's a rare variety, so if you haven't heard of it, don't feel bad. I didn't really hear of it before I really thought about this winemaker in the winery that we're going to interview. So yeah, Emilia-Romagna, Spergola, rare. And it's found specifically around the towns of Scandiano and Albinea near Reggio Emilia, which is also where Il Farnetto is, which is Tommaso, the winemaker who's coming on shortly, and Spergola is, um, makes monovarietal wines, which are allowed in the DOC Colli di Scandiano and Canosa Spergola. Um, and given Spergola's natural acidity, the, the grape is also produced to make sparkling and sweet, as well as uh, sweet air-dried wines which makes a lot of sense. And going into the vineyard, these uh, spergola has medium-sized bunches, medium-small berries. It's quite high in vigor and um, pretty productive and disease-resistant, which is great for winemakers because we need less diseases, less problems. So moving into the glass, obviously this can range depending on production um, and how people go about it. You know, we've got bright aromas of white flowers. We're talking acacia, 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 acacia. Jasmine, some nice citrus, even green tones. Um, and that's Spergola from the wonderful Italian Wine Unplugged book. And now we're going to invite Tommaso on, Tommaso Torci from Il Farnato, who's probably waiting and is probably wondering what I'm doing. Hello. Hello. How are you? How is life? It's going pretty well. I'm here at the farm, like every day, you know, doing the job, bringing in wines. You don't seem very excited about that. So, you know, it's it's the part of the season where uh, the the vineyard is resting, and I'm resting too. We're going we're going into rest together with the vineyards. So like hibernation. Yes. Like the bear. <laughs> like the bear. Do you have a cave at the winery you hide in? Yeah, I have a small cave. Just I wrap up in my my sheets and I go down there. Oh no! What do you bring with you when you go down there? Is there like any kind of bottles or snacks? Any kind of bottles and tortellini. Is that going to make you smile? Is the, is the winter depression coming on pretty strong right now? Yeah, it is. It's a pretty great day today. Weather's not great, and there are some blackbirds flying all over the vineyard, so 
It's quite creepy, actually. That is pretty. That's like what happens in a horror film. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the job is great. The wine is great. <laughs> so I'm a little confused on the story of how you and Il Farnetto became one of sorts. <laughs> so it's a long story, but uh, to make it the long story short, uh, when I was studying uh, technology and beauty culture at the, the college, then I met immediately met some uh, people from the biodynamic world, and uh, I started to work in the in the biodynamic farming uh, right away during the college. So um, you know, it's a very small world if you if you join it, and pretty much you you know you get to know everybody in a very short amount of time, and. Uh, yeah, well, I started to work in Tuscany. Uh, I've been there for three, five years, uh, if you if you count the college too. And then I moved to Abruzzo for another three years. And then uh, this guy from Ifarneto that I've been knowing for a long time just asked me uh, if I want to join him here. And that's actually uh, the place where I was born, uh, Modena. So... There was a there was a pretty big comeback after ten years of roaming around, you know. And uh, I took the occasion and I said yes, and then we married. And we've been married for four years now. Oh, and how's the marriage going? Are you in love? Well, you know, it, it's a marriage, so up and downs, you know, they can thin, but I'm I'm really happy right now. I mean, uh, wine's going great. Uh, people are starting to appreciate it all over the world. Uh, I'm, I'm really satisfied. You don't seem so happy. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's how I am. You don't have to be confused. That that's just how I am. I'm, I'm very. My mood is like tone of voice. It's very flat. But it doesn't mean that I'm not. I'm happy inside. You're happy inside. <laughs> you put the happiness into your wine, which yeah, exactly. I'm drained out of happiness. It's all into the wine. So, so there's no, you're all the personality just given to the wine. Exactly. Have a taste of Tommaso just through the wines. I'm just, I'm just an empty color. My soul, it's, it's all into the bottles. Your soul is all into the bottles. That's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's too deep for, for 12 a.m. 12 a.m. So what's new though? Like what's been going on? Like between you and the in the winery like we all know your wines because i'm not trying to say that to exaggerate but they're very popular whether it be in verona or be back for me home in new jersey new york which i know you love to like make i don't know if it's make fun but you love to talk about italian american culture I noticed <laughs> it's so funny and i actually not to sidebar but i want to know why because i always see your posts and i'm like you're always like Gabagool. I'm like Gabagool. He's from freaking Modena. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, I am a big fan. I'm a big uh, American pop culture aficionado, and uh, I think that's uh, that's uh, basically all Tarantino's fault, for uh, for instance. But yeah, I'm very fond of, of the states, and the wine are uh, are going very well there. So I, uh, we we doubled up the business pretty much in the last four years. Because when I moved here, when Marco, the owner, called me. And I moved here. We only we were only farming six hectares, and now after four years, it's twenty three. And uh, we are building a new cellar. We are building new storage. We started with twenty uh, thousand bottles, and now we're over one hundred fifty thousand. 
So it's a big, big, big uh, increase in just four years of work. So we've been working very hard. That's probably in, in grade, you know, my, my, my flat mode because I'm drained out. Of- <laughs> so since you, you love American pop culture, is there, are there any like specific movies or songs or anything that have inspired any of the wines? Kind of like a little new kind of Italian-American fusion? <laughs> you know, uh, not as much as uh, as uh, the the American culture. I have to say, in this case, it's it's more the UK culture with the "God Save the Wine" thing. If you if you heard about it, it's yeah. been uh, also pretty popular in the states. Uh, well, we have to thank Sex Pistols in this case. Actually, also made the new the new Rioja Sparkling, uh, which is uh, quoting all the Clash's songs on the label. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Probably I'm shifting towards the UK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I like that. Uh, well, of course, uh, I've never been there for uh, for work yet. But I, uh, from what I sense from all the Instagram feeds, you know, it's uh, it really looks like there is a this very uh, young and easy new wave of uh, natural wine in the in the, in the US, and that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's pretty good for me too, and uh, I think we did a great job with my importer. We also changed the whole lineup labels when I moved in, and um, now that, that there is this word that it's funky, uh, <laughs> and I don't 100% like to apply to the wine, but I guess we made these pretty uh, funkier labels, which really uh, they go along better with uh, our idea of wine because before it was like. Uh, was like this i have one right here the opposite exactly the opposite this is the the label of the spare white when i moved in and then we made all the characters uh, that you know from from my actual labels so yeah we did that so of all like i know you're still kind of realizing it but from all the inspiration how did it come like sex pistols you know British rock. Trying to figure out the that in like Giulio Romagna and like Lambrusco and Sparrow. How does that all come together in your brain? Because my brain is a mess. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know. It's just part of my personality, uh, my my personal curiosity to uh, wander around uh, uh, the world, rock and punk, and, and and actually funk and blues and. And all the movies, you know, I watch a lot of movies and listen to a lot of music. Well, what, once I used to do it more. Now I'm working really hard, so it's getting uh, it's getting more difficult. But uh, you know, uh, I think it, it has pretty much. Um, I think natural wine, if if you want to call it like that, it's it's pretty much about that. Like it's part of your uh, your personal way of living. It's it's part of your way of seeing life. Yeah, that goes into the the grape growing and the winemaking. It's it's a very close relationship, and the, and the natural winemaking uh, allows you to uh, to do that, to bring yourself, to bring your uh, feelings uh, into the wine, and, and and you can you can feel that when when you drink it. Mm. So uh, there's no borders uh, that divides uh, that divide me and my wine. We are the wine is an extension of my of myself in a way. Your child, so you have many children. Yeah, and they're all drunk. And they're all drunk. 
Yes. (laughs) Straight out of the womb, right into the bottle. You know, I think it's actually really beautiful because for me, I always found some, I'm a music kid, so I always found it, like, that's why I love wine is I think wine and music, like, always have this weird, they, they really go together, you know, in the way that they're always an extension of the producer or the composer. And they don't, like, they have rhyme and reason, but they also don't have rhyme and reason at the same time, right? Like, you're, it's, it's all super, it's abstract, it's conceptual, everything. And, like, also kind of going back to Spergola, just an idea. Like, Spergola is great. So, if you were to describe Spergola, like, as a person or song or an artist, like, how would you describe Spergola? Wow. That's a really hard question to answer uh, like that. Well, uh, Spergola is very, is very acidic. And it's very straightforward, like it's it's like a knife, uh, and that's why it's so good with the. It's a good with, for for sparklings, you know, spumante metal classico, and uh, the, the refermented in the bottle frizzante. And I think it's uh, it's very genuine and, uh, and and straight. What I if I have to compare it to music, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go for. Punk in the way I I, I mean Spergola to be. It's more uh, you have to think about Spergola in our area as a basically a lemonade during a very very hot summer day, like when it's freaking hot and you sweating all out. You want <laughs> just something to drink, and you you take this very very fresh lemon juice, which is just great. And that's how Spergola works. So in a way, we can say it's the song that releases you in the moment that you that you need that specific song. Hmm. You can say that. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Thirst quenching, electrifying, is it like the Freddie Mercury kind of of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> yeah, if you want to put it that way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the winemaker. You work with Spadula. I'm not putting words in your mouth. You can tell. <laughs> well, you know. Um... Among all the, the the bands, the queens are pretty hard for me to to get along with recently because I'm moving towards the Japanese punk hmm. scene. But, but for sure, I've been I've been loving Good Old Freddy, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's always I guess the the Good Old Companion that the, that you that you always have by your side, and uh, we never betray you, you know. One of the certainties of life. Yeah. Also, Spagula is like that. It's very generous. It's uh, very generous yield. And always very, uh, very, very genuine and uh, straightforward, you know. So that would make sense for Queen. Queen has always been, at least for me, you know. Always stay. Yeah. You always find your way. Whether you're drunk, singing karaoke, or you're just yeah. having fun. <laughs> Super. Exactly. I guess. I guess for me, uh, the the 
the drinking, singing is more related to Pavarotti, as we are yeah. speaking of local uh, local singers. Your Modena heart is speaking right now. <laughs> Not many people know, but Pavarotti was born in Modena. He spent a lot of his life, at least the, 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 late, the latest part of his life, organizing pretty big concerts. Pavarotti and friends from and and there and he was uh, singing uh, in Modena with uh, with a lot of people. He's pretty big here. He was pretty big in general, but he's pretty big here. Yeah, no, I, I mean he's pretty big in the world. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> yeah, though um, I love Pavarotti. But have you ever seen him perform? No, unfortunately not. He. Uh... The, the Pavarotti and Friends gig was always super busy, but actually I could hear it from my house. It was so loud that I could hear from like uh, five miles away. Really? But, I never, but I've never seen him performing live. But at least you heard. That's pretty awesome, though. I mean, no, it, I mean, unfortunately, he passed away. For anyone that doesn't know Pavarotti, yeah, it's just a dream to see him perform. I mean, yeah, the documentary, I watched it that long ago, and it just, I, I cried. I def I cried a lot. I definitely was drinking wine, which probably helped the tears. <laughs> it was the best. I guess all these all these things that we make uh, here in Modena, they uh, I think they reflect our character, our way of being. Like we are very we are very open people, uh, even if if we are not central central Italy southern people, and people from the north are usually believed to be you know a bit close, but. Actually, Emilian people are very open, very friendly. They, they like to eat and drink and sing and play the guitar and uh, and have fun. They're very welcoming uh, to whoever comes and want to to uh, discover their culture, you know. And, uh, and also Pavarotti with his way of being, also physically, <laughs> was very <laughs> Emilian, I guess. And also, you can also relate it to our grapes, uh, Lambrusco. Spergola, they are kind of uh, varieties that maybe they don't reach the complexity and the aging capacity of other varietals and of other of other areas, but they are always very, you know, genuine, sincere, and straightforward. Uh, and they are fun. They are fun in a way that it's not like uh, it's not being easy. In, in a bad way, you know, it's not banal, but it's 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 uh, friendly. It's friendly, like it's a friendly drinking. And uh, I think all the things that come from this area they reflect this way of of the million people of being welcoming and and friendly in a nice way, you know. No, absolutely. I feel like Emilia Romagna gets kind of the culture gets lost in this whole idea of oh, it's the gastronomy capital of Italy and it's it has this it has parmigiano it has balsamico and all this stuff but people are forgetting that there's like this whole beautiful culture of people who you know of course they have all these great things but like when they're sitting at the table they're doing things that are super easygoing and like also the wine gets lost in that and I know that's changed a little bit over time now because not everyone's like thinking Lambrusco is Uniti anymore <laughs> and so you know we're seeing that change, but still, it's like the the wine is so simple, easy to drink, and delicious. And that's how the food is. I, you know, I'm not trying to deny how you know the excellence of a lot of the Emilian Emilia Romagna food, but 
it's it's reminding me that it's like there's this convivial aspect. And Pavarotti actually is the perfect example because he loved life, like his, you know, success and default. And, you know, you always see him either singing or eating pasta. <laughs> so it's like that balance is all we could ever see. Dry forehead with the, with the towel. And always colorful, like always vibrant. And that is really Emilia Romagna. And I think, no, I think it's really important to say because people like to group things together. They're like, oh, it's the North. So it's like this. No, it's not. I think Emilia Romagna is uh, geographically and uh, culturally exactly the South of the North, precisely okay. the South of the North, because we we are a, bit, a little bit above Tuscany, so we're not Central Italy anymore, but we're definitely the South of the North. And uh, also this, this being close to, to Tuscany, we are here on the on the way. My farm is on the way to one of the many uh, mountains that separates us from, from Tuscany. So the more we go up on the hills, the more our culture is, is mixed with the Tuscans. And uh, I think that if you go towards Lombardia, it's, it's starting to, to be different. Here we are a mix of of cultures that uh, take from the south and take from the north. We are we are crossway, uh, and then this makes us uh, what we are. So I'm guessing you're very proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I was born and raised uh, in Modena. Then I left, and then after ten years, I came back to the very house where I was born into. So. <laughs> So if it's not a, a sign of love, this one, I don't know what is. I mean, yeah, life life works in mysterious ways. You're at the table again. Yeah. Your wine, this time, at the same table that you sipped wine for the first time. Yeah, yeah. It's a pity that, uh, that my grandfather uh, didn't get to taste any of my wines, but uh, I'm sure he, he would be proud. When I start, when I started, when I joined the the college, and I started to study viticulture and, and enology, I came home with this huge piles pile of books about uh, vine growing and wine making, and I went to my granddad and I, and I said, "Look, Dad, granddad, this is all the the books that I have to study to make wine." And he looked at those and he's like, "I have never read a book in my life, but I always made wine." I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that reminds me of my grandfather, who used to make wine in the basement of our grand, like my grandparents' house, and the barrel, uh, the basket press is still there. And yeah, definitely not a book read. I didn't find one book down there. <laughs> no, but, uh, my my grandfather could barely uh, read and, and write, so. Sure, for sure he didn't uh, never read the book, but this was to he's always been a farmer, you know, before the war, uh, before he moved uh, to the big city after the war, he always worked as a farmer, and uh, so he made all kinds of stuff, he knew how to make all kinds of stuff, and uh, yeah, <laughs> always I, 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 he said, I, uh, I didn't know that you had to read all those books to make wine. I mean, I never did that. No, but I just wanted to tell something to all the American people, all the American parents. Right now, from this platform, 
please make your children drink wine when they're very, very little. This is very important. <laughs> it is. Are we going to be arrested for this? Perhaps, but um, I think the podcast is under American jurisdiction, so I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think it's super important that people are uh, are being put into the wine, you know, and and start to learn that wine is a different thing. It's not it's not super super alcoholic drinks. It's it's something different. It's something related to food more than alcohol. And it's something re related to the table, to the to the joy of being uh, sitting at the table with your beloved ones. And um, there's a, a little bit of wine with some water, just a tiny drop, <laughs> never kill anybody. And the, uh, I think it's very helpful to, helpful to make uh, young people understand how to drink better. And this will fight the binge drinking problem, guys. Mark my words. All right, Tomazu Tochi, 2024. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Revoke on exactly. drinking. No, it's it's very true. It's very true. And um, as I think what's super cool, especially chatting with you as someone who's Italian-American and seeing similar cultural, you know, like uh, shared cultural customs or whatever, is that like my father basically has like Zaccheone with, like, with Marsala for breakfast like a couple of days a week all that like from when he was five years old and now no one would ever even think of giving their their child sweet wine for breakfast <laughs> like you know and so i think it, it's an important it's an important discussion and also it's so beautiful how so much of this has influenced what you do i i remember that of, of course uh, i'm from modena and, and spergola is very very related to reggio emilia which is the the province close to to Modena, but it's a different province, and Spergola is only grown in the province of Reggio Emilia. So I have to confess right now that I've been starting to drink Spergola very lately in my life, <laughs> <laughs> very recently. What we were drinking in uh, in my family with my with my granddad, it's Lambrusco, and uh, we. Uh, uh, I remember that there was that time of the year in January, February, where we. Uh, well, we took the car and we went to the to the farm, uh, to a to a random farm uh, in the countryside, and we would load the car with you know the the big jars of of wine, the damigiana, the fifty four liters damigiana. I think it's around thirteen gallons, and uh, we would load like six of them, like six jars of thirteen gallons of of lambrusco, and then we would come home. And bottle them ourselves, and and to start the bottling machine, you know that I had some small pipes. You have to load them by by like uh, <laughs> inhaling through the pipe, <laughs> and to start the wine pumping down, you know, with gravity. And my grandfather would like start to, to suck at the at the pipe to to start the thing, but it would take like two minutes of of sucking it and I was like, look grandpa, it's it's going now. Why why you keep sucking? No, no, I'm just, you know, making making it go better and would drink like half a bottle <laughs> just to get the thing started. So yeah, I have all this uh this little memory also. I had the luck to uh to get um that my parents got a house in the Cinque Terre, which is a 
completely different area, uh, not related to, to Modena, but I had I had this luck to to discover this other very incredible terroir of winemaking mm. in Liguria when I was very little, and and I remember um, that we had this little vineyard and. We would bring this this few grapes to the to, to a very small cellar in a garage down to, in these tiny villages of the Cinque Terre, and uh, and the first time I saw the winemaking process, I was six, just just a little kid uh, running around the cellar with all this uh, this you know manual wooden press, and and I would drink the, the the juice for the first time, all these flavors of fermentation comes to mind, and you know. I have all these memories related to my uh, my fam- my granddad and and winemaking, and and on the other on the other side it was my grandma cooking great stuff twenty four seven, all kinds of egg dough pasta. Uh, so I had these strong strong memories related to food and wine, and um, arrow family because. Uh, that's the way we do it here. It's always food and wine and family, so good vibes. Um, and so, uh, I guess that's why I've chosen to 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 do this job, right? It must be this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's in your blood, you know. From <laughs> it's in my liver for sure. <laughs> in your and in your blood, so you can't escape it. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you smile a little bit more because at the beginning of this call, you looked like you might just throw yourself, but now you're smiling. <laughs> Everyone, Tommaso Tucci, we can give a little applause. Il Farnetto. Woo! <laughs> and I hope to see you soon. Come visit. I will. Thank you so come much. Come visit. I will. And come to Verona. <laughs> yeah, I will do that too. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.